Hi, this is Mike, co-host of Realistic Sustainability, the podcast, which you probably already know, but I'm also the author of A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life. That was the book that led to our Facebook page, our Facebook group, and, well, even this show. It offers tips on promoting your positive footprint while decreasing your carbon footprint. So, if you want to read what started all of this, get A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life, available on Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or just visit greeningyourlife.org for more information. Thank you for joining the sustainable movement and promoting a greener future. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Realistic Sustainability. I'm here with Nick. Hey, brother, how are you? Not too bad. How about yourself today? I'm I'm doing good. Um, I'm a little tired, but I think I say too many starches. I, I'm doing really good. Nah, I know. This week I have not done well on the limiting meat and staying away from processed foods. And I can actually feel a difference. I don't feel as well as I usually do when I'm eating mostly plant-based foods. I I'm sure that I agree with you if I were one to eat mostly plant-based foods. I um I I'm equal opportunity eater. I like it all. I have just eaten too much too much starch, too many carbohydrates today and I feel lethargic and like I need a nap. Well, you can't take a nap right now. Oh, don't tempt me. I bet you I could. Challenge accepted, Mike. People will send you messages. They have an expectation of funny and charismatic when you were on this show. I hope that's not the case because I am not funny, nor am I charismatic. (laughs) So today I had to change the containers that a bunch of my plants are in because they're starting to get too big. They're now going into things like butter containers. Like I have... I now have tomato plants that are a foot tall and okay. I still have, I still have almost 30 days or well, about 25 days before I can get them in the ground. Because I think we're going to go the the first weekend of June because everybody keeps yelling at me because I'm going to be gone the last weekend of May. So my choices are plant them a weekend early or a weekend late. And everybody, every person I know is going, do not go a week early. It's, it will freeze that week. It probably will, and they're probably not wrong. But I am going to ask you to pause real quick. We're going to step it back, and I'm going to ask for a formal on-air apology for calling those country crock containers butter containers. <laughs> well, they're, they are margarine. Thank you. And that's marginally worse than butter, so. <laughs> I guess I should have known better. Hey, Let's update everybody, because since we're talking about butter, you did buy 55 pounds of butter. I did buy 55 (laughs) pounds of butter. Um, Have you tried it yet? No, I'm just getting done with what we have. Because I used all the extra margarine containers to put plants in, I actually don't have an empty one to move butter into. Well, you're welcome. That's all I can say about that. <laughs> I will say my brother-in-law stopped over. I've given some to him. 
He's very curious to try it. He says if it's good, he'll have a bunch of people wanting it. It's fantastic. It really is good. Depending on how he really has, if we could turn this into a butter business, that'd be awesome. <laughs> it's uh, this is a fantastic. Well, and we're getting it farm to table. Yeah, it's farm to table, and it's much much less uh, production involved. You know, like instead of having fifty five separate little pieces of wax paper inside fifty five boxes, or if you want to go a step further for retail use, you know, what's fifty five times four? That's two hundred and twenty pieces of wax paper wrapped up inside of 55 boxes instead it's just one cardboard one cardboard box and one big piece of wax paper yep so i do look forward to trying it it's uh it's i'm excited to have something from local farms to add to what we're already doing mm -hmm. and if it, and if it is everything you say it is it's probably where we're going to get butter for the rest of our lives well, even even if it was honestly just comparable to what you purchased in the store in terms of flavor and the way it cooks, just for the price and, and the, the minimum production on the loan, it's worth buying. Yeah, I mean, and you know me, embodied energy. This is the ingredients came from that farm. They were manually <laughs> converted on that farm, boxed, and it wasn't even shipped. You picked it up, didn't you? Uh, a friend of mine that works at the farm, we met in the middle. We met at the corner of 13 and 21. For those of you that are listening to this, have no idea where that is. It's a, it's two highways, if you will, that intersect about 15 minutes from my house and 15 minutes from his house. It's right in the middle. It's perfect. 55 pounds of butter going through that process probably has less embodied energy than one box of Land of Lakes or whatever Blue Bonnet or whatever other ones at the store that are individually wrapped and sent from wherever to our supermarkets. I bet you that 55 pounds has less energy in it. Probably. And you know, something that people don't realize, and if they think about it, they will, but like butter is butter. So you take milk and you, you turn it and you turn it and you turn it and you turn it. And it's not even really, it is technically milk, but they call it cream. But as you turn it, as it breaks, you have butter and the liquid left over is buttermilk. There's nothing added to it unless you put salt in yours. It's just a raw, beautiful product. And you 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 sift it, you know, out of the cream, the little pieces, and you put it in cheesecloth and you strain off all the rest of the liquid. You can actually rinse it off. And as it chills and hardens, you have butter. And it's beautiful and it's delicious. It's minimally, you know, processed. There's no preservatives in it. It's so good for you. Yeah, I'm kind of excited. I'll have to, I don't want to say hurry up through our margarine so I can have the container back, but I do really want to try it here soon. Next time I'm at your house, I'm going to go through your fridge. If I've had margarine, I'm going to smack you and throw it away. <laughs> We've had it forever. We. Yeah. It's one of those things that's been on the grocery list. I cook with butter, but we have margarine because that's what everybody uses to spread on toast and other things. That's even worse. It doesn't have any flavor. It's disgusting. <laughs> Well, and, and you know what's funny is when you point those things out, I then notice kind of like the iceberg lettuce moment where you went on a <laughs> rant talking about it being nothing but a, a lettuce lookalike water Ed bun or something. It is a it. edible water sponge. <laughs> and uh, I now can't really eat iceberg lettuce. You've had me, you know, real romaine, the, the red, red lettuce. Was it butternut lettuce? All these different ones I'm picking up at Horrocks. Next thing you know, I'm kind of stuck on those lettuces. Well, they're good, and they're you get that crisp, crunchy bite into them, and they have some of them that really good, a little bitter taste. I love them. Well, and another thing that I've tried recently is when it started to wilt and get soft, 
Mm-hmm. I, I ran it under the cold water, like you said, put it back in the little container or the, the half piece of plastic so water would retain in the bottom, put it back in the fridge. I got to tell you, it was like voodoo. It's like 15 minutes later, you have crisp lettuce again. It does. It will it will perk back up as long as it's not too far gone. Yeah, it was like right back to perfect within like almost minutes. Well, I mean, that's just a little stuff people don't learn. Okay, so we talked about farming before. No one really does farming at home anymore. They're not raised with these kinds of things. They don't learn these little tricks and these little things that plants just need, like, I don't know, water to stay good. And so they, they buy things, they don't use it, they throw it away, and then we have this huge food waste. If people just learn these little tips and tricks, that just simple stuff to make your daily life simpler at home, they would save a lot of money on groceries. Yeah, I, I really am, actually, especially because I... I'm trying to eat so many more vegetables that I have to have ways to make them hang in there longer. So I guess we should probably start a show. What yeah, I think? guess so. I think it's good right. Rumor has it people have tuned in to listen to a show, so we might as well put the effort in. Well, this week, I want to talk about how we should act when we run into people or we're, we're in groups It seems like if you're an environmentalist, if you're just a nature lover, if you're a sustainability nerd like myself, we have this built-in idea that we have to just sell it. We have to jump into that conversation and sell it to everybody around us. Mm -hmm. And I think that is killing these movements. I think that, well, you're right. But so I watched a stand-up comedy special where they make fun of this about being a vegan about plant-based lifestyles about going solar and essentially this comedian names all these things and he goes how will you know if someone does any of those things and the crowd's like we don't know and he says they'll tell you (laughs) yeah and that it was really funny but it was fair and i only say it like that because it it's it's normal it is normal to want to express that only because when you're making these positive changes and you're feeling good about what you're doing for the environment of course you want to tell people who in their right mind isn't excited and wants to talk about when they feel like they're doing something good right and and i think there's a lot of value because we talk about creating a positive footprint yeah and part of that positive footprint is getting people see what you're doing and i think a lot of times the misconception is we have to say it for people to see it and i've worked with and i'm you know these these podcasts get shared with a lot of green party groups but i've worked with the green party before on sustainability i've met some absolutely amazing people i've also Mm -hmm. met some people who are just single-sided militant and i know what they're i know why they're doing it but it doesn't help and when we talk about building that positive footprint it has to still be positive. And I don't mean just the net result, but how people perceive it. Positive perception will happen the easiest and, and goes over the best. When it's with people that are close to you, that see you on a semi-regular basis, maybe every day or every other day, and they will take the most notice of your daily practices and routines. So when you make a change, they'll be the first person to go, hey, you normally do this, or hey, I didn't know you did that. And if that's the moment, then that is the specific moment where you go, oh yeah, and I, I changed last month, and, and this is why. And you give them a 30-second overview as to why you're doing whatever the reason is. And they go, okay, that's really cool. And usually that's as far as that conversation needs to go. At that point, that conversation had a premise, had a focal point, had an ending, 
your point was made. They acquired new information and the reason why they should consider it. And you didn't pound anyone about it. You didn't harp on them. You didn't make them feel like you were nagging them. But that's where most conversations just begin. And then the person goes on, you know, like the guy you might only see once at a coffee shop every three weeks sees you're doing something and just jumps down your throat and tells you why it's a terrible idea and stuff. And instead of being a change or selling it, and you can only sell something when someone wants to buy, when someone takes a positive notice of the change you made, they clearly are interested in the reason why that's your chance to explain it, not sell it. It's not a used car. You're not trying to make a mortgage payment. You're just trying to spread a little good information as to something. Maybe you just learned yourself. That's another thing. Something that I firmly believe is an issue, a bad stigma we have with, with these topics is everyone that we're talking about right now, there's people that like sell it, act like they are uh, expert in it. They know they are the be all end all for sustainability and they know everything and they come out looking like a jackrabbit. And I'm using that in place of another word, guys, because family <laughs> friendly, but they come across being terrible and no one wants to listen to that or even take advice from someone they can't stand to talk to. <sighs> Rant over. Well, it's so just before we started recording this, I was doing my, my scroll through Facebook and Kaylin from Starting Sustainability put up a poll and, and was just asking, where do you think you are in your sustainable journey? Well, I started learning sustainability about seven years ago. I've studied it since then. I've written a book. We have this podcast and I can mm -hmm. honestly say you're still in the beginning. I am a beginner. That's right. We all are. Because we learn every single day. And it doesn't matter what we learned yesterday because new information can negate it. This is a fluid and a dynamic problem that we're working through. And I do honestly believe that that poll should have said beginner, beginner, or beginner. Because that's what we are. Well, we are. You're right. We are beginners. And, and to be honest, even if we were you know, doing this for 25 years, that answer wouldn't change because, listen, you're really good at being you. I am really good at being me. That's the only thing I'm really good at being at. And the, even say that I'm good at being me is debatable. So when it comes to something as huge as sustainability, and it is huge, it encompasses all aspects of our lives or could if we let it, there's so much to learn that even being a 30-year veteran, you're still going to have day ones on things. You're still going to be a beginner at things. You might master one aspect. You might master gardening. But you might really suck at refusing things and still buying things. You might really be terrible at recycling. Or, you know, maybe there is just something you absolutely adore. Maybe food waste you don't consider. I mean, there's you could be really great at some parts of sustainability and utterly fail at the rest. But as long as you're trying, that's that's a step in the right direction. I do believe that it doesn't matter if we're environmentalists, gardeners, nature lovers, or as Kaylin would say, sustainer nation. It, it doesn't matter which group you're in, but if, if you're hostile, you're going to push people away. We have to do this through example. We have to just continue to do the right things. When we talk about leadership, and really, when you build your positive footprint, every one of us is, becomes a leader hopefully within our, at least our household and community. I've had a lot of people talk to me like in job interviews about, are you a leader? And my answer was, I don't know. That's not a question you're supposed to ask me because leaders are not people who say, follow me. Leaders are people who do things. And when they turn around, they realize there's, other people, behind people, them. there's people doing it too. It's one thing I've met a lot of amazing people in my life. I have met some real true leaders 
the one thing they all had in common is no one had to tell me that they had that skill. Yeah, that's a big one. And specifically, they didn't have to tell me. Mm -hmm. So when we look at this, we have to take a breath because what happens is I think we take it personal when someone's mocking a vegan or mocking, quote unquote, tree hugging. It is we have to take a breath, take a step back, smile and move on. That is not a person that you're going to convince. No, no amount of words are going to fix that situation. We go on with what we do and someone will see it. Someone will notice it. We have to do this stuff in a positive way. It's one of the conversations I've had with several people from the Green Party. Everything can't be a fight. It has to be positive. If you want people behind you, it has to feel good. It can't be hostile. Sustainability can't be doom and gloom if you want people to be involved. <laughs> well, the fact of the matter is, when you deal with people, and as a part of the human race, you undoubtedly will, nothing that you want to accomplish can be a fight. And anyone that can disagree with me on this, if they want to, they're more than welcome to. I'm going to tell you, as a father of three very different children, as a friend to hundreds of people, and as a family member, that nothing is best received or well-received or sometimes even received at all if brought forth with an attitude. And you can be super passionate about what you believe in. You can you know, believe it to your core and you can stand on any principle you want to, and that's fine. And if it's sustainability, I love you for it and I am with you. However, if you want to make a dent, if you want people to pay attention to what you're doing, if you want to set a positive example, you have to do it through love, compassion, and understanding. You have to be very patient and very open and forthcoming and never combative. Otherwise, you're going to turn people away. And instead of, you know, taking useful information that you have to offer people, they're just going to go, wow, that guy's a jerk. Can you believe that? And they're just going to walk away rolling their eyes. Well, and I think that cable, cable news, cable fictional news, cable entertainment news, whatever you want to call it, kind of has kind of has a, has hate on a lockdown. Kind of. You really they, say kind of? They have now patent anger. And I think if there's ever going to be something in this world that works out, it's going to have to counteract the level of hate and anger that is consistently run on television 24 hours a day. And sustainability is a positive thing. Almost every aspect we discuss is optimistic. It is wonderful. It is, if you're a science nerd, it's awe-inspiring. Each one of these things are a positive thing. We just have to get better at communicating that. And when someone comes to us with guns ablazing and hostility, we smile and say, eh, you'll figure it out. A lot of it is, in my opinion, is the fact that people follow passion. Like it or not, some people are really passionate about being a pessimist. Some people live and thrive off of negativity. And there's a lot of people that just like to watch it and maybe... Maybe something simple as it takes the focus off their own life and makes them feel better about the bad situation that they feel like their life is. I don't know why cable news is so successful at breeding and giving the clicks they are, because I would like to believe that most people don't take such pleasure in all that hate and all that the sadness. But on the flip side, when they do present something good, it's got such lackluster, lack of gusto. They don't really put any hard into it in my opinion i think that if they did present good things with the same kind of flair and tenacity they might have a little more um, impact in a positive way i personally don't really care for news i mean we've had these conversations i don't want to get too far into it but i think they're all you know, bought and paid for but i wish someone would buy and pay pay for them in a better way well and i think that when it comes to sustainability 
one of the best things that you can do is remove the politics. Because first of all, I'm not sure why politics ended up in sustainability to begin with. I'm going to quote Neil deGrasse Tyson's. So let me get that sourced real quick. I don't see politicians arguing over E equals MC squared. They don't fight over science. There's, there shouldn't be, they're not qualified to have that conversation. So I'm not even sure why it's even there. We got to pull that out of the conversation so that we get the team sports mentality away from sustainability. Because I'll tell you right now, if I have a blue team member and a red team member and I say something about sustainability, 100% of the time, I can tell you the result between those two people. Well, I can tell you that the, the blue team, red team, politics in general is going to be in anything we discuss that is more complicated than just saying it's good or bad, but they can easily, without question, make it a good or bad fight. And so you have these these knockdown drag out arguments over nothing, over thing over catchphrases like the Green New Deal and stuff like that, where people get legitimately angry at each other and no one has an idea what they're talking about. <laughs> like no one. Like why why breed such hate and contempt and just like scrap all that garbage and just say, Hey, you know, do you love the planet you live on? Well, yeah, I like going to vacations and seeing pretty things. Do you want to leave a good place for your kids to live? Well, yeah, I do. Here's some really simple, stupid, painless things that are not going to hurt you to help make that happen. I call the don't kill your planet checklist. Sorry. Well, unfortunately they started that conversation in the eighties and they, and they really focused on it by saying, don't you want to leave a better place for your children? Well, I think the results are in the most of the planet, not all, most of the planet shrugged their shoulders and went, meh, nah, what do I get? Not my problem, Buster. Right. And uh, that's unfortunate. So the, for the, that's where the aggression, that's where we get that anxiety, I think, where people who really want to do well, really want to focus on the positive side, get really frustrated when the next person's like, I don't care, I'm eating three steaks. And we just lose our mind when we don't need to lose our mind. We need to walk away and we need to continue to be example for those, for our kids, for kids around us, be a part of communities that allow everybody gets to see this change. We're doing that here in Duran. We're bringing in the, the, the school. Kids will be learning agriculture. Their hands will be in the dirt. They're not likely to be the people picking the fruit and throwing it at each other now because they're now part of the project. We just have to start in our homes and work our way to our communities. And when someone says something silly and guys, it happens. It even happens here when I'm talking to people in Duran, every once in a while, someone's got something a little bit off the wall to say, we just smile and say, well, come on out. I'll show you because once they're part of it, it's really hard to say bad things when you get around a bunch of people who are really enjoying it. Well, you're right, but it, it, I think it's a little simpler than that. I don't think it's even the fact that people are enjoying it. You're giving them something to put their hands on to see, to 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 feel and experience as well as understand. You could tell people to your blue in the face what you're doing, but when they go out and they see their community members making positive changes, they see the city taking an effort, see the city taking an active effort to improve things, to improve their hometown and their community, and they're not going to be the only one. I think a lot of people's apprehension is based solely on the premise of, well, I'm only one person. What does it matter what I do anyways? When you instantly feel like you're part of a group that's doing something positive, you're far less likely to meet it with you know, combative negativity. And maybe I'm wrong, but I know what I seen when I was in your community watching people show up to help. Most of us that were there weren't even from Durand. So 
it's it's what's the word I'm looking for? It's infectious. Hashes well, and I hope infectious. so. We had a neighboring mayor there, you know, so and that was one of the things I didn't jump into the conversation. I wanted everybody else to handle it, but I certainly snuck over to listen. I heard I'm really curious to see and hear about this edible landscaping project you guys are doing. You know, so here we are two days, two days and two cleanups into this project. And we have a neighboring mayor who hears about it and wants to know more. It is sustainability isn't this partisan fight thing. It is a feel good story almost every single time. We already have someone who just volunteered to put in a food pantry downtown. One of those nice little cabinets where you people put their canned goods and things in that they don't need so others can take it. That's awesome. So just these little actions are already picking up. People are putting money, putting their soul into these changes. The reason why I wanted to do this episode was to remind people you start in your home and with your friends and family. As they ask questions, answer them. We don't have to go on the offense. Trust me, when you're spending a lot less on a lot of things or you turn something down, someone will ask why. And you can have that conversation. But the next step is be part of your community. It doesn't matter if you're like me and join the planning commission, but you can also create your own city cleanup group and just clean up the trash one hour, two hours a week or a month. You could join a church group or any other group that gets together for positive reasons and find ways to interact with them and give sustainability advice. Find a way to help in those ways. It is amazing the amount of support that we are getting as a team with with edible landscaping here in in Duran. It has now moved to that pantry, and I bet you we're going to see a lot more things, a lot more volunteers coming out, helping with these things, because it is just, you're right, the word is infectious. So another thing to think about is when people bring politics into the conversation, remove it. So many times it's brought up to me, especially because this program gives food away for free and there's this really silly stigma that giving something away for free is bad and it's not it is good (laughs) and so when someone starts to put the politics into it the answer is i just want to help someone find that phrase find one or two phrases that it completely removes the politics from a conversation. Because at this point, politics are is toxic. I really wish the green team would jump out there and just be a super positive, environmentally focused party. I would probably start helping that one way more if that was the case. But politics has has really put a bad taste in my mouth with all the anger and hate. And when people use that against sustainability, just smile and say, I just want kids to get vegetables. Yeah, it's just, um, it's become a dismissive blanket term. It doesn't matter really what political party it is. And no matter who you're talking to, it it undoubtedly will come out. The Republicans, the Democrats, the liberals, the libs, the libtards, all these terrible phrases. I I was having a conversation just the other day, and I'm not going to really get into what it was about, it had nothing to do with politics, though. And the guy goes, well, the problem is the liberals. And I was like, no, that actually doesn't really matter. And he's looked at me. And I was like, someone's political affiliation doesn't really matter with what's right and what's wrong. What's right is right. And what's wrong is wrong. And we can debate the, the details of that. But the fact there is 
your political affiliation has nothing to do with this conversation. I could care less what you checked on, on, on your ballot box. I don't care who you subscribe to. I don't care what YouTube videos you watch. I was like, this is just, this is the conversation and this is what we're talking about. Uh, it's irrelevant to me. Political, political season's over. Elections are over. Let it go. Let's have, let's have real conversations. Let's get back to real debates and real, real ideas and real positive footprints and real, real work to make things better. That's what I liked about the last cleanup. There's a lot of people there with all different ideas, but they were all doing the same thing. And they were all there. That's that was a good turnout. It was really inspiring. That was that's fantastic. And any of us listening can do that, even if it's just you picking up garbage. I remember the very first time I picked up garbage in town, we did a, a city cleanup and there was about five of us that showed up. And this little kid rode by on his bike and he asked me if I, are you cleaning up the city? And I said, yeah. And he's like, did you get in trouble? <laughs> I said, no, I live here. And it confused him. And he just kind of, he stopped for a minute and he had this weird look on his face and he said, thank you. No problem. I said, I'm part of the community. I should probably act like it, huh? He's like, have a good day. Thanks again. And he's like riding off. But it was uh -huh. such it was so confusing to that young man that I would just choose to pick up a bag and get rid of the cigarette butts and garbage down the road. That that makes sense, though. I mean, unfortunately, sorry, that noise was right over playing the yeah. drums with your. Forks. No, I'm trying to move stuff and it's not working well. Uh, <laughs> I I completely understand and accept that conversation from a little kid. Do I like it? No, but it makes sense. No little kid in their right mind wants to do things they deem as a punishment for the sake of, well, it's for the greater good. They're a little kid. They shouldn't understand the greater good yet. They're little kids. However, you had that conversation with like a 55 or 60 year old man, which I wouldn't doubt being in that town or in my town, that'd be a little different. I think it's amazing that he said thank you and that he's seen value in it. I think just a couple of weeks in, we've already made a dent. Good. So and that's what I, when I talked to about having this show, I wanted to make sure I, I specify, we don't have to sell it. We don't have to sell these things because we already have passion and we're already doing these things. People have already seen the things I do on my own property. People already join me on Facebook and see the amount of plants that I grow in my basement. And, all, and I give them away if, they, if there's no place to plant them. They see these things already happening. They know I'm not just making it up for them. So when people came to me and said, we should really do this, I may have been the one speaking to the to city council. Yeah. But I was only one of several people. First of all, thank you, Candace and Jeff, for really helping me out in Duran. They have done more work than I've even pretended to do. It is any of us can do it. It's not because I wrote a book or we do this show. It didn't doesn't hurt. Because every time someone says something to me that seems negative, Jeff just holds up my book as if it's the answer. But <laughs> <laughs> that's happened more than once. Uh, the, the Green Bible, Mike. <laughs> so, but any one of us can. All we have to do is be seen and be seen consistently turning down the grocery bag. My son just recently, we were leaving Myers. We only had like three items easily able to be carried. We went through the self-checkout and he's like, well, you're not getting a bag? No, we have hands. Well, they're going to stop us at the door. We also have a receipt. receipt. <laughs> <laughs> so We have this lovely piece of a dead tree you can show them. And then. Right. Yeah. So the really the point I wanted to make is there's a lot of great people 
doing a lot of great things. Either they're part of organizations, they're part of political groups, or they're just people doing good things. If we focus on the good, we're going to get a hell of a lot more traction. If we're constantly positive, we're going to get more traction. Think about the times they, they asked me to come into a meeting because people were upset because of the, some misinformation out there about this program. It only took a couple of minutes of, of positivity and talking about the good things before those groups of people in town immediately endorsed the project and have been there to help. Absolutely. So it doesn't matter if someone's hostile. We have to take a breath and understand that maybe it's just that they don't understand. Maybe it's that they're getting bad information. Maybe they understand it and it really does bother them. You know, for an example, if you work in an oil industry, you're probably pretty hostile to, to having the oil industry be dented. Yeah. No, I get it. If, if you live in coal country, the last thing you want to see is coal go away because in, in places like West Virginia and Virginia, that is a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But there's ways of doing it in Virginia and West Virginia. They're training those same people to work in solar and wind. Matter of fact, I was excited to see in Virginia that the coal union, the coal workers union endorsed solar energy. That's amazing. Well, because they know that the funding is going to come in and, it, and Virginia knows, West Virginia knows these people are important. We can't just abandon an industry. The people working in that industry have to work in the next industry. And Absolutely. so they're, they're putting programs together to ensure that they get, they get proper training so they can go from one job to the other and actually work a physically easier job for likely more money. That really gets people's attention. And really kind of, okay, never mind, I'm not mad, I'm happy. But we do have to remember, there might be a reason why people are hostile. We don't need to fight them. We don't need to argue. That just That is cable news playing out and getting, getting the win. There are too many people, and I'm going to say too many people, that listen to someone be angry because they want to argue or they want to win instead of trying to find out what's wrong so they can fix it. Listening to listening to respond is not listening to understand, and there's a big difference in that. I think we all, as as people, as humans on this earth, could probably use a little more of that. Because if at the end of the day, if we don't change the way we live, we all lose anyways. A couple of things. There's always going to be roadblocks. At realistic sustainability, we try to talk about things we can do, and one of the things we can do is when you are standing there in a in in an in irrational moment. Don't engage. There's no reason to engage, especially when someone is following a political side, because guess what? That side will change and they're going to change with it. Mm -hmm. That's when they're going to change. Political sides have changed over and over. They've evolved time and time again, year after year, and they just follow along. That isn't us. That is not us. We go and we do the good. We create the food pantry. We create the edible landscaping project. We do a city cleanup. We go talk at a school. We are every single person is qualified to talk to a kindergartner. We could easily go into a school and just talk about waste, about food waste. And there's a million things we can do that are positive. And if the movement stays positive and builds in a positive way, that positive footprint, as we say, the, all these people who are fatigued with all the anger and hate and the the, the me 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 instead of the we 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 it it they're gonna they'll, they'll be right over mm -hmm. because it is really tiresome when you're angry all the time and boy wouldn't it be great to just be happy just put some positive in go do something that helps a child 
Go do something that helps the city. Go plant a tree and know that you did it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. I think that I shouldn't say I think I know for a fact that being stressed out and upset uses more energy and makes you feel tired more often. And a lot of times that people do that to themselves, they have bad information or they get things that just make them stew and they get real angry and amped up. And this is a team sport mentality, but it's it's such a tiresome way to live. Well, and in closing, I just I just want to say at the risk of sounding like a Facebook meme, we want to be that change. We want to just do it. We don't have to tell people we're doing it. Now, granted, I'm doing just the opposite with edible landscaping because we have a show and I want to make sure that people see it and hear it and can experience the successes and, and see the roadblocks. And yes, there are roadblocks. I'm already running into some of them with Shiawassee County, making sure that the restaurants can use the food, but we will work our way through those and we will go through these, these changes. When, when I go to Horrocks and I choose to not get a bag because I brought what looks to be like a fishing net with me because I have for produce. <laughs> and so, someone asked me like, what the hell is that? I get to tell them. And if they want to know more, they'll ask another question, which is one of the reasons why Jameson doesn't like to go grocery shopping with me because people do ask those questions and I do answer them. It doesn't matter if we're in produce or in a light bulb aisle. Uh, <laughs> so, but that's when we have the conversation because you can have a hell of a conversation when the person next to you is curious. Absolutely. You can. So if there's any, any kind of advice I can give, don't engage in negative, build your positive footprint, make sure that we are actions are the change, not our words. The things we do are showing the change because I'll tell you, people will join you in those actions as you continue to do them. And I really wish everybody would run for something. You know, last time you and I had this conversation after recording with Rob over at the Curated Culture, that's he's jumping up and down screaming. We got to talk about that more. But when there's a lot of disconnected people running a country who are mm -hmm. not qualified, to have the conversations, most of them are not qualified to discuss education. Most of them are not qualified to discuss energy, but yet they're, or transportation or city planning or any of healthcare. They're just not equipped to have these conversations and balance the need for the money they have to have to do their job. We got to put other people in there because there should be shop workers, teachers, engineers, every Every walk of life needs to be in Congress. If we want a country run by the people for the people, that's how we do it. If you're capable of running for a representative, go for it. If you're not, do what I did. Join your join the city. Go get a seat on planning commission. There's always beautification committees. There is parks and recreation boards. There is all kinds of things where you can be a voice for sustainability. Nick? Where yeah. did you, where do you put your voice for sustainability? I put it right here on the <laughs> realistic sustainability podcast. I only did that guys because we're, we can see each other. You can't see us, but boy, that awkward moment where I kind of stopped for a minute and he looked at me like, are you going to keep talking or are we going to say I, something? He was on a beautiful roll. I had nothing to say. <laughs> so I think right there is where we should probably wrap it up since it was such a beautiful role that we will wrap the show up right there. My goodness. I am cracking Nick up right now. I, we may have to just show the video so you can see the happiness that we have, we have here. No, no video. He's shaking his head. No. Okay. Anyways, 
Thank you so much for listening to us. Sometimes we go on these little rambles talking about things that are just near and dear to our heart. And this, I think, was one of them. Just be positive. Smile in the face of anger. It is much more important that sustainability is tied to the good in the world than the negative garbage we see every day. We thank you for listening so very much. We thank all of you for you for putting in the iTunes reviews. They help us tremendously. We're honored and kind of a bit flattered. The show is doing much better than I think either of us ever really thought it would. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's all we have for this week. I'm Mike. And I'm Nick. And we'll see you next week. Feeling overwhelmed by climate change? Looking for sustainable and ethical brands to support? That Ethic is perfect for you. Ethic is a simple browser extension that helps you find sustainable and ethical brands online. Learn more at ethic.org. E-T-H-Y-K.org.